Luke chapter 2, verse 1 to 21 reads, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there's no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there is with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angel went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. And at the end of the eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, a name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. May God bless the reading of his word. Please be seated. Lord, how good it is to be in your house, Lord, to be before your holy presence, God. We are not worthy, but God, we thank you that you invite us into your holy presence through your son, Jesus Christ. God, we pray, Lord, that what is done today, Lord, would continue to just glorify your name, Lord. All that is done, whether up front or in the back, Lord, in our thoughts, our actions, and our speech. Lord, we just pray now, Lord, as we look to your word, that your words would be coming forth, not my words, that I might decrease, but that you might increase, Lord. I pray, Father God, that you would grant us ears to hear what you are wanting to say to us, eyes to see what you are revealing to us, and hearts that are softened and receptive to what your Holy Spirit is nudging and working in us. God, we commit this time to you, Lord, for we pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So just before giving a lavish party at his, uh, at his estate, a tycoon had his swimming pool filled with poisonous snakes. He called the guests together and announced, to anyone brave enough to swim across this pool, I will give the choice of 1,000 acres of my oil fields, 10,000 head of cattle, or my daughter's hand in marriage. No sooner were his words spoken than a young man plunged in, swam across the pool, and climbed out unscathed but breathless. Congratulations, the tycoon greeted him. Do you want my oil fields? No, gasped the guest. The 10,000 head of cattle? No, the young man shouted. Well, how about my daughter's hand in? No. 
You must want something, said the puzzled host. The man answered, I just want to know the name of the person who pushed me in the water. <laughs> Have you ever felt like you've been plunged into a chaotic situation? Like this man in, the, in this illustration, he was surrounded by poisonous snakes swirling all around him. What is the chaos or the craziness you're in today? This past week, this past month, this past year. Maybe you've been feeling stressed. Maybe you are feeling busy, overwhelmed, sick, unsettled. Feeling like it's too much. Anything but peaceful. That's what we're going to talk about today. And the second uh, Sunday of Advent, we're going to look at peace. But what is peace? Is peace something that we can that we can purchase, that we can buy? Maybe check out Amazon. They have everything apparently, right? Is this something that we can get by working hard or studying? Is it something that we can, if we just like meditate long enough, um, that we will experience peace? What is this peace that is talked about? So today, uh, as we look through the Bible passage, I'd like to share with you what God's peace is and how we might experience it. So if you follow along with me in Luke chapter 2, uh, 1 through 7, it says, In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. So this Caesar Augustus was born uh, Gaius Octavius. He was a, the Roman Senate bestowed upon him the title August, uh, Augustus in 27 BC. And so there was a census. People were supposed to go and be counted. And they were supposed to go to their hometowns to be counted. And Joseph, because he was part of, he belonged to the house and line of David, he, he went to Bethlehem. And so from, he went from Nazareth to Bethlehem, which would take about 85 to 90 miles if you cut through Samaria. So this is a long, long journey. And can you imagine traveling in those days? Can you imagine the chaos? Can you imagine what a nightmare it is, the logistical nightmare? Actually, you know, next year there's going to be the census, 2020. And, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. Now they're using all these new ways to, you know, get some of your information online. And then you can also go online and fill out some forms. And they send people out and maybe come to your doors. And they come to you now to get you. So they're trying to make ways easier to get you counted. But in those days, can you imagine traveling? Long, traveling for weeks and months. Dark, dingy roads. Stay, going in large caravans because you don't want, you know, robbers to come get you. Busy time, chaotic time. And not only that, Mary's pregnant. I remember when uh, Lisa and I, well, well Lisa was pregnant, not me. <laughs> but, you know, the, the anxiety and the stress, like, oh, no, we got to get ready. You know, we check out the hospital, check out, is this a nice place? And, you know, is the, is the room ready? And all these things to get prepared. Can you imagine them? They are now, she's pregnant, she's about to give birth, and they have to travel. And then it's long roads. They go, and because it's so crowded and people are trying to get registered for the census, the inns are all filled up. Or maybe the inns are not appropriate for them. And so they have to go to a manger, this feeding trough of where animals are. And there we find she gives birth. She gives birth to a son. 
and they, and they place them there in the manger and with swaddling cloths. Can you imagine the smell, the stench? Jesus was born in a place where it stank. It was dark, maybe cold. There was no heater. Can you imagine the stress maybe that was going through their mind of bringing a child into the world? Not a comfortable place. Thinking about the senses, traveling, all these things, the crowds, the lines. I mean, around Christmas, I'm, I, I hate going out. Right? The traffic everywhere, the lines everywhere, the crowds everywhere. I just stay home, try to avoid it all. But what were they going through? The chaos all around them in their hearts and in their minds. Perhaps we can identify a little bit with today's pa- uh, passage. Maybe in your life you are feeling chaotic. Maybe you are feeling overwhelmed, feeling busy and crowded and oppressed. Maybe you feel like, hey, what's, what's going on in your life? It's too much. Maybe when we flip on the news, do you feel at peace? Sense the shootings, mass shootings, wars again and again. You know, there's a report um, in 2003 says that, you know, since the beginning of recorded history, the entire world has been at peace less than 8% of the time. I wasn't able to research, you know, how accurate it is, but it's amazing, isn't it? You know, hoping that no one's going to come stealing it. You know, can you imagine that thinking like, uh-oh, who's going to come steal? Uh-oh, is there an animal that's going to come and attack these sheep? They have to protect it. Out in the cold waiting, they don't have Netflix. They don't have internet. They don't have iPods to play with. Nothing to keep them busy. Waiting. And there in the darkness, in the middle of the night, all of a sudden, angel appeared. And the glory of the Lord shone on them, and they were terrified. Can you imagine that? In the middle of the night, the angel shines his glory, brilliance, and then they're terrified. This happened to me one time. At nighttime, I was sleeping. It was quiet. All of a sudden, this great noise and this great, great light shine right down in my room. And then I heard a voice that says, this is the LAPD. <laughs> right? They were looking for someone. It wasn't me. <laughs> but can you imagine the fear they experienced at that moment? Fear gripped them. They were greatly terrified. They were freaked out. Is there something that's causing you great fear that is disturbing your hearts and your soul today, right now? 
continuing on, it says, the angel said to him, don't be scared. There's no need to be afraid. Good news. There's great news that is being brought to you. Great news that will be joy for all people. See, the angel does not leave these shepherds in a state of fear. He comforts them with a command. He says, don't be, don't be afraid. Fear not. Why? why? Why should they not be? Because there is good news. Good news has come. And this news results in joy. And it's for all people. Here in this particular passage, you know, the, these were specifically the people of Israel. But maybe perhaps it was hinted that the Savior would be for all of mankind, which we find to be true later in verse 32. That this good news later is in fact for all of the world, for Gentiles also. So this, there's a good news that this angel is talking about. It's good news for not just some people, but for all people. And I love how this good news was proclaimed first to shepherds, these lowly outcasts. It wasn't proclaimed first to the Pharisees or to the religious elites or to the rich. It was to these poor, humble people out in the dark, cold night. The good news of Jesus Christ was proclaimed to them first. He pro- proceeds to tell them it's going to be found in the, time of the town of David. This is well understood within the Jewish circles because they, they knew that the Messiah would come from the town of David. In John chapter 7, verse 42, it says, Does not Scripture say that the Messiah will come from David's descendants and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? So he, he announces that this is a Savior. Not only is he a Savior, the one who will come and save them, but the one who is also Lord, the one who is Master, the one who is Teacher, the one who is Lord over all, the one of, full of authority. And you're going to see, he says, you're going to see a sign. You're going to see a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And then what happens next, if that wasn't alarming enough, a whole army, a whole multitude of other angels appear, and they sing loud, and, and they, they praise God. They say, glory to God in the highest, on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. Can you imagine how startling that is? They are now all joined together in unison to praise God. God come in the form of a son, baby, flesh. What was your birth like? My, when I was born, uh, my, my mom tells me there was bombs going off outside. They shoved me underneath a bed. It was near the tail end of the war. That was how, where the, I was born into. But this, this Savior, this Lord was born into a world where angels cried out in praise, in glory, in exaltation. He is no ordinary baby. He is God in flesh. And what do they proclaim? The angels proclaim together that now there's peace on earth and whom, and, and peace on earth and to men on whom his favor rests. What is being spoken about here in this passage is the point is rather that through the birth of the Messiah, God extends his favor to the people who have done nothing to deserve it, that he graciously grants them peace. See, priest, priest expresses the nature of salvation and restoration here that there was a separation there. There was a distinction between a holy, mighty God and a sinful people. But this peace that these angels are talking about is a restoration, a reconciliation, a oneness, a wholeness, a harmony again, a brought together again, a peace. That is what this good news is that they are proclaiming. Peace had come. There's no need to be, be afraid. There's no need to be terrified. There's no need to be disturbed anymore. This word peace here refers to the full blessings of Christ and the Lord. It's a synonym for salvation. Salvation had come into this world. 
and he'd come in the form of a baby. The, word, the Jewish word for, for peace is shalom, and it means much more than just uh, absence of, of uh, craziness and chaotic ca- chaos. It means uh, uh, well-being, health, prosperity, harmony, oneness, wholeness. So again, peace had come in the form of a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And who is this baby? This baby is Jesus Christ that we know. The long-awaited Messiah. I like Romans 5, uh, 1 to 2. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Share an illustration. The person remembers hearing of a young man who went to a minister of Christ in great distress about his spiritual state. He said to the minister, Sir, can you tell me what I must do to find peace? The minister replied, Young man, you are too late. Oh, said the young man, you don't mean to say I'm too late to be saved? Oh, no, was the reply. But you are too late to do anything. Jesus did everything that needed to be done 20 centuries ago. See, when Jesus came, he came to this world to die for sinful people, for me and for you. And so that we can have a holy God to have a relationship with him again so that we don't have to wander around in our darkness, wander around in our sin. That is what these angels were proclaiming. That's why it was good news. Continuing in verse 15 to 21, when the angels went away from them into the heavens, The shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as as it had been told them. And at the end of the eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. What did the, epher, the, the shepherds do after hearing this, after seeing this great, amazing thing that the, the angels proclaimed? They went searching it out for themselves. We have to see this thing that's been proclaimed. We have to see and experience it for ourselves. And so they went, and they found it just as was said. It was a baby wrapped in, in, in cloths in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them. Isn't this amazing? And they now went and did what the angels did. The angels came proclaiming the, the peace of Christ had come into this world. Salvation had come. And now these lowly shepherds, these outcasts, went out and did the same thing. They did what the angels did. They went and started telling other people. And all around, people were amazed. They were amazed. In verse 19, though, but Mary treasured these things and all these things, pondering them in her heart. What we find here is, you know, I believe Mary understood that, okay, hey, there's, you know, she's with child through the Holy Spirit, you know, it's virgin birth, and there's something special and the, the Savior had come. But there's something here, implications that she didn't fully comprehend everything that was going on. I mean, talk about a lot to swallow, right? And so she was pondering it. She didn't quite fully grasp all that was being spoken about. And the shepherds returned, they glorifying and praising God for what they had heard and what they had seen. See, not only had they heard it from the angels, 
but they experienced it themselves. They went and they saw this person, this Jesus. They beheld him. I don't know if they held him, but they experienced it. Wow, the Savior had come. Peace had entered into the earth. Isn't that great news? This is great news. In our chaotic lives, peace has come here in this earth. And this peace can only be experienced if, that we have to experience it ourselves. It cannot be something someone uh, just gives to you. They can tell you about it, but you need to experience it yourself. But you ask, well, how can I experience that? How can I experience this peace? Because they're all aware I go. There's lines, there's crowds. How can you experience peace when all this up, uh, unrest has been happening in Hong Kong? Or when we try to talk with our family members, there's disagreement. Or maybe there's sickness in your family. Everyone's getting sick. Maybe you're just so concerned about our country and so, how it's so polarized and so many arguments. There's war. Every other week, there's another mass shooting. You're concerned about your job. Maybe you're just like wondering, well, how can I have peace when I've been lonely so for long? God, when are you going to provide a significant other? Or, or how can you experience peace when you lost a loved one and they're not here this holiday season? Or maybe you're just wondering, how can you experience peace when your kids are driving you crazy? Or maybe kids, your parents are driving you crazy. It's finals and exams and you haven't finished reading that thing or, or that project. You're like, okay, that's great and all. You're talking about peace, but I'm not quite feeling it. Well, you know what? Peace is something you have to experience yourself. Something you have to put your, your, your heart and your life there to experience yourself. See, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, did not come as an expected conquering king, waging a physical battle against Rome. He came as a humble boy baby boy ushering in the kingdom and reign of God. He came to heal the sick. He came to feed the hungry physically and spiritually. He came to die on the cross to atone for our sins, resurrecting from the dead and offering the world redemption and the gift of eternal life. John 3, 16, 18, a familiar passage, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall, have, shall not perish but will have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. You see, if our greatest uh, need had been information, God would have sent an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was for forgiveness, so God sent us a Savior, Jesus Christ. He has made the way through his death and his resurrection so that we can be united back with God Almighty, our Heavenly Father, our Creator. I'd like to show a video clip as I wrap up. Have you ever felt unsatisfied, let down, even empty after you got what you thought would make you happy? You are not alone. This puzzling feeling has been known to strike the most accomplished and wealthy people as well as the less accomplished and less wealthy. In fact, King Solomon had it all, a kingdom, untold wealth, profound wisdom and knowledge. Yet after pondering his life, he said that there was nothing new under the sun. Everything was vanity. It is as if something compels us to find the elusive missing piece. 
We may pursue a successful career, meaningful relationships, material possessions, or even fun and entertainment. But nothing cures that mysterious, empty feeling way down inside. Why do we feel this way? The Bible shows us that God created man with three parts. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, May your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete. It is clear that we are not just a physical body made up of atoms. We also have a soul to think, feel, and choose. Yet hidden deep inside of us is a third part, our spirit. This God-designed third part has a specific capability. Our spirit can contact, receive, and experience God. Blaise Pascal, the famous French scientist and mathematician, said that within mankind is a God-shaped vacuum. Only God can fit into this vacuum. As long as our spirit is empty, without God, we cannot obtain true satisfaction. Only He can answer the longing of our third part. When God gets into our spirit, He fills its aching emptiness with Himself as our real enjoyment, wealth, and meaning. We are finally and lastingly satisfied with the eternal and divine life of God. God took some monumental steps so that He could enter our spirit. He became a man named Jesus Christ. Jesus lived a perfect human life on the earth, died to take away our sins, was buried, and then rose from the dead. When He resurrected, He became a life-giving spirit and can now enter our human spirit. He is waiting for you to open to Him. Just turn your heart to God and pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I confess that I am a sinner. Forgive me of all my sins. I open to you. Come into my spirit and fill me with yourself. Lord Jesus, I receive you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. It's that simple. It's that simple to receive peace. We need to stop trying to find fulfillment and satisfaction in the temporary world, worldly things. Because when we try to fit that into our heart and our life, there's something unsettling. There's something not right. Because that's not what it was created for. We are created to be in a right relationship with God Almighty. And only in that relationship with God when we are united again through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, through faith in Him, can we experience this peace where it just seems right, where it seems fulfilled, where it seems meaningful, where it seems purposeful. That is this peace that Jesus Christ ushered into the world. So again, why, why might you not experiencing it today? Well, perhaps maybe you have not asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. And if that is you, then you can ask him into your life today just with that prayer that, that we saw up there. As simple as saying, God, I need you. I need you in my life. I acknowledge my sins. I want to live for you. And surrender your life in faith, trusting that he has what's best for you. And he knows what's best for you and when it's best for you. Maybe for some of us, we are believers. We put our, our faith in Jesus Christ, but we're, we're overwhelmed with the, the things in this world and we're distracted. And the reason why is because our eyes are focused on those things. But what we need to do is perhaps is to now to redirect our attention back to God. I like how the angels did it. Glory to God in the highest, in the highest heavens. What a great reminder. In the times in my life when I've gotten overwhelmed and distracted and, and chaotic, when I'm focusing on all the things that I can't do or are powerless or I'm weak with or I can't control, no wonder I feel I don't feel at peace. But when I stop long enough and I look to God and I acknowledge, wow, God, you are almighty. 
You are creator. You are sovereign. You are the beginning. You are the end. You are for us. You are not against us. You hold the world in the palm of your hands. Guess what I feel at that time? I am, I'm reminded I'm tr- I was in the palm of God's mighty hands, that he is holding the world, that he is holding my family, that he is holding the economy, that he is holding CEFC, that he is holding your, your, you know, your relationship dramas, that he is holding your finances and your, your grades in the palm of your hands. That's when the peace starts to fill me again. I'm like, ah, oh, forgive me, Lord. Maybe that's something that for some of us, how we might need to respond. Maybe for others of us, as we continue to walk in this peace, we need to go out and we need to go share it with others. We need to say, hey, guess what? In the midst of your finals, hey, in the midst of your anxiety with, you know, with the church about to church plant and all the new changes, hey, in the midst of your struggling marriage, hey, in the midst of your loneliness, we can share with them the peace that we have in Christ. We need to share that with people. We need to go tell others about it. And so as I conclude, I'd like to just read a few passages for us to consider. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Philippians 4, chapter 67 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, Present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Would you join me in prayer? Lord God, we give you thanks, Lord, that you have solved the great problem in our hearts and throughout history, Lord, this longing in us where sometimes we try to seek to strive to fill it with, with busyness and with pleasure and with fun and with grades and with acceptance and with power and with position and with likes and with, and with cars and with homes and all these other things. And in the end, Lord, we'll never find and experience this peace that you have gifted to us. All we have to do is to seek it out and to find that you have been seeking us, wanting to share the gift of eternal life through your son, Jesus Christ. God, help us to stop fighting. Help us to stop trying to control everything. Help us to stop trying to hold on to everything. But help us to let go. Help us to hold on to the one who is holding on to all things perfectly. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, in whom we can have peace, peace everlasting. And thank you, God, also, not only do we have peace everlasting, but we have a peace that carries us through the daily uh, challenges. And God, we look forward to the day that your son, Jesus Christ, will return and he will fulfill and complete this peace throughout all of, you, all of the universe, Lord. God, we just thank you that you are for us. Thank you, Lord, that the peace, Lord, is a peace that we can experience when we acknowledge and rest in the presence of the almighty God. Lord, we give you thanks, and, we, and our natural response can only be praise and glory and exaltation to you and to your Son, Jesus Christ. And uh, Lord, we pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.